Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in episode 16 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. The boys are back, folks. Uh, sorry we couldn't get to you last week. Uh, you know, probably not worthwhile since, uh, you know, sports were back. But uh, getting, getting back to it this week with, with two shows, and happy to be back, uh, to say the least. Uh, Aaron, how are we feeling about uh, coming back and starting fresh with uh, two shows this week? Yeah, just a lot going on, you know, in the personal life, but uh, I think things are getting better. Things are looking up and, uh, you know, as well as uh, sports coming back just uh, on Thursday, especially with uh, Fauci throwing out the first pitch. It's going to be extremely exciting and uh, heart pounding stuff. Anthony Fauci, Fauci with an absolute cannon. I'm sure we'll tune in for that Thursday. So we'll get into some MLB stuff. Obviously, they're coming back on Thursday with opening day. Uh, talk a little bit NFL to close it out. But uh, like we said, happy to be back. Uh, I will tell you, folks, this is Aaron's flu game. Uh, he's battling through an illness, not the corona uh, that, that we think, um, at least not yet, at least. Uh, so Aaron is uh, is playing on one leg tonight, if you will. We'll get into some one-leg jokes later. Uh, that's a little <laughs> teaser. But uh, why don't we get into today's topics? Let's get it. And now for today's topics. Watch it, man. Like I saw, I saw Judge hit a home run, and it's just there's just nobody. You know, obviously I I expected that, but did you did you were you watching yesterday when they were playing the Phillies? I guess it was. Yeah, I guess it was the. I don't even remember, man. I just remember Judge hit a bomb, like absolute. Yeah, they played. Uh, he I think he homered in like three straight games because they played the Mets two games Saturday Sunday, and then played. Which I, I watched both, and then they played the Phillies yesterday. It was weird because like. At the end of the at the end of the one game, uh, Yankees had won and they were the home team. But they played the bottom of the ninth just to like get more reps for the pitcher, which was which mm-hmm. I thought was, like kind of funny. And then they did the same yeah. thing yesterday yeah. when they were playing the Phillies. Like the pitcher just wanted to like throw some extra pitches, get his pitch caught up a little bit. And then Judge was like the extra batter he was throwing to, and then Judge hit a home run. So people were like, "Does that like fucking count or not?" But <laughs> I guess not since it's just like an exhibition game anyway, but it's yeah. It's yeah. Just, I guess it's it's it seems to me more like a scrimmage atmosphere than than like a like a solidified spring training. Like they, they're calling it like summer camp, and I guess it definitely has like more of a summer camp, like sort of like freestyle vibe to it than an actual 
legitimate preseason or spring training. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it definitely is. Uh, it's weird. I don't know as far as uh, it's the once the regular season takes off here, that's obviously they're not gonna continue to to do that and to skew right. the results of games. But yeah, I was I was just watching like real quick hitters, real quick highlights, and, and I saw that. You know, obviously, I, I anticipate them not having fans, but when you actually see it on the TV and you and you flip it on, and it, and this is what you have to get used to, it's it's weird to me, and I don't know if I don't know if all season I'll get quote unquote used to it. I'll just have to deal with it, I guess. It's so it's so weird, and I, I was going to touch on that too. I'm glad you brought it up. Like, I feel like for for basketball and hockey, it's going to be even weirder because you can see the crowd, you know. <laughs> For, for like for, for most of the camera views but for baseball you obviously only really see if they hit a home run or a foul ball and like maybe every probably minute minute and a half ish depending on how the at back goes so like when when judge hits a home run or someone hits a foul ball and you see no fans there it's like the weirdest thing and then i don't know about like other teams around the league but the yankees and Mets when someone would hit a home run or like you know make a catch or strike it over they would pl- they would you know pump in crowd noise i know we talked about that a couple episodes ago but to me, it's just like unnecessary because as the viewer, you know that there aren't fans in the stands. It just, you know, it just seems weird to me that you would eat, like feel the need to pipe in crowd noise and sometimes they're like playing it at the wrong time. Like, why don't you just like bump music? Like play, play the dude's like walk-up song or something if he hits a home run or like, I don't know, play a track, do something with the lights, do something like crazy. Like, why? I don't I feel like they're just getting a little lazy when it comes to just pumping in basic crowd noise. I don't know. It's just me though. Yeah, no, I've- I think uh, to go along with that point, you know, I think maybe they're they're thinking, you know, let's try and normalize this. But by doing that, that's actually making it worse because if it's just fake and it and it comes off, you know, very corny, like how how is that really going to be perceived by people? Like, obviously, there's no crowd. You can see there's no crowd. You're not going to hear a crowd. So why have like it's almost like those comedy shows where they have like the fake laughing in the in the background, like the yeah. audience laughing. And like you know, it, it, either it wasn't that funny to begin with, which that's awful <laughs> which when that is probably happens. Probably the case, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like it's just awkward; it doesn't feel right. So I'm with you. I think they should do something with like lights or or like laser beams or something. Just something you know out of control because just this season so out of control. Why not make it you know an extravaganza of just nonsense? Hey, that's we know. I, hey, we know the money is tight this year for the owners. So when someone hits a home <laughs> run, just shut the lights off for like 30 seconds and <laughs> hopefully the guy makes it makes its way around the bases in, in the in the darkness and then we get some good content out of that but if they're looking <laughs> to save on some cash just shut the lights off there you go i think they should reach out to you and and maybe you should strike up a conversation about cutting cutting their bills in half and, and you know things of that nature just to uh to help out their finances in a in a tough economic situation here speaking of finances this is a little like nerding out on the the sports like business side of things but to me like looking at the stands or whatever especially in baseball like you'll see digital signage or or brands like over seats where fans obviously would normally be like to me it just looks like a soccer match at that point or like a korean baseball league with left and right so i don't know if there's like a legitimate fix but i i I understand the point that you know these sponsors have missed out on so many games and so much potential value that you need to quote unquote make good on the on the time loss and the game's loss. So I guess they have to like fucking throw a sign on like a on a green screen and like the seats out in left field. But to me that just looks cheesy as well. So I, I these are just like nitpicks, but it's it's gonna be interesting. I think football's gonna do the same thing. 
where, you know, obviously I don't think NFL stadiums, maybe they will, maybe they'll just be at limited capacity, but like, you know, behind that end zone, have a logo up there, have a tarp or whatever. I don't know what the, what the case is going to be, but it should be interesting to see how, how it, it plays out on a team-by-team, stadium-by-stadium basis. Yeah, no, I, I did see that, that type of thing. I saw where it was all, like, digitalized. I'm like, it almost looked like people. I don't I don't even know what – it looked like a, a game, like a video game from the early 2000s. It was that bad, but – It was bad. Um, I don't know. I think they're just trying things at the moment. You know, once this starts – in a regular season scenario uh, or, or later this week, I think, you know, they'll have certain things set in place. And I think, you know, the, the commissioner and things, you know, they'll, they'll sit down and if they haven't already, I'm, I'm sure they have, you know, a plan in place to where it'll at least be consistent, whether it's just random sponsorships, like out in the outfield, like that type of thing going on. I think, you know, not every single team's going to do a different thing. I think that would just be too, too corny, too cheesy, too, you know, just sporadic. That would, that just doesn't look very professional at all. I, I was, when I saw that, the fake crowd, almost like animation style on, on the one game, I can't even tell you what game it was, but I was, I just felt like that was not a good look. So yeah. I think I, there was always part of me and it, it still feels like to me, like they'll, they'll limit capacity at some point. I don't know if, you know, delusional or, or optimistic <laughs> for no reason, Optimistic, but it just, yeah, it just feels so, so bizarre. I mean, I remember when the riots were going on in Baltimore a couple of years ago for uh, the Freddie Gray, you know, yeah. the police brutality and things like that. I, I remember that game being empty, but obviously the next, or like, you know, for a couple of games there, I think it might have been a whole series or, or might have just been a single game. But regardless, you know, we all, we all knew it was going to return to normalcy you know, within a week or so, and, and it did. And, and this season, it's, you just don't know what, what you're going to get game the game and week to week, like if it's going to be just, you know, no fans the entire season. And it just feels even weirder than I thought it was. I, I, I was, you know, maybe just being dumbly optimistic, but it just it feels so bizarre to me. No, it is, but, you know, I, I, I'm just here for the creativity. You know, if you want to have Mike <laughs> Trout and the Angels wear some – green jerseys and impose a couple of logos or on uh, on Mike Trout's jersey when he's running around the bases. I saw the Mets did some, you know, cardboard cutouts of fans, so I like that and, and had them sort of <laughs> scattered throughout the seats. So just get creative and, and pique my interest, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But uh, we'll get into some more MLB topics here, just quick hitters. And Aaron and I were talking off air, um, and, and we did touch on some MLB stuff, obviously, a few weeks back, probably a couple months back, to be honest with you now, with the whole – uh, you know, CBA talk and the whole agreement talk with, you know, the MLB owners being bitches about things and different and, and that stuff. But we didn't really touch on some of the offseason stuff. So we'll get into just some quick hitting topics here. Uh, but off the hop here, Aaron, did you see your boy, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is throwing up the first pitch on Thursday opening night? <laughs> I did not. Now, if, if he comes out there without a mask on, there, there's got to be a huge hefty fine to be paid. He'll, he'll wear a mask. He wears his uh he wears his Washington Nationals mask. It's it's the Nationals oh, versus go. the Yankees. <laughs> and, uh, DC, I think it's still gonna be in DC. There was talk of moving the game because uh, I guess the DC area isn't doing so hot Rona wise right now. But uh, Anthony Fauci or Anthony Fauci, as Aaron likes to call him, is nonetheless <laughs> throwing out the first pitch. So uh, I guess he cucked Trump there a little bit, and, and they gave him the the go-ahead, which uh, should be interesting to see if he can actually throw a baseball. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. Do you think he's going to be on top of the mound? I, th I, I definitely think he's one of those guys that's going to go out there and he'll be a, a foot, foot and a half in front of that mound when he throws it, and it's, it's going to be a duck. Barely going to, yeah, barely going to cross. What's the, what's the mound? What's the uh, distance from the mound to home plate? Is it like sixty feet? Yes, I want to say sixty because home plate the first is ninety feet, so yeah. it's got to, got to be sixty. I clock him maybe the 35, 40, 45 foot range. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that's where the arm limit is is going to be tested right at that range. <laughs> he might he might actually have to do surgery on himself. I mean, I I don't know as far as how how far he goes as far as you know what his qualifications are as, as being a doctor. Obviously, he's you know looked at it in in great regard if he's you know speaking for the White House and things. But you know, hopefully, there's no rotator cuff torn. Hopefully, there's no ligaments that are you know thrown out of whack by him doing this. I don't I don't see that he's you know, a gym rat. I could be wrong, but he doesn't—he doesn't look to be uh, basically a Sylvester Stallone at this point. And it's, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe there's a, there'll be a funny clip out of it. But uh, <laughs> Fauci is whatever he does, whatever he says, he's a lightning rod. So uh, I have no doubt his first pitch will be electric, to say the least. Um, <laughs> getting to some other topics here: the Mookie Betts trade, um, the Red Sox, who had won 108 games and won the World Series. Two years ago, which is hard to believe at this point in time, since they're going to absolutely suck this year. I'm, I'm here for that. I'm, I'm obviously very here for that as a Yankees fan. But it seems crazy <laughs> to me they would salary dump uh, arguably the second best player, top three player in baseball. Uh, they traded him to the Dodgers with David Price, which was a throw-in, I guess. Um, kind of confusing uh, if you're a Red Sox fan, but you know they had a new GM brought in um, and wanted to take the team in a new direction. And I think the owners wanted to get to the salary cap down. They were going to have to pay him probably upwards of what, you know, the Mike Trouts of the world, the Bryce Harpers of the world, the Garrett Coles of the world got. So uh, the Dodgers are going to be pretty, pretty good. I think um, they won 106 games last year, which was the most by a national league club in the last 33 years. So uh, I, I think that makes them significantly better. Um, I, I mean, Speaking of David Price, I think he opted out, which I guess kind of sucks. But to be honest, he's not that great. So it, it kind of a questionable move from the Red Sox, but I just think they're in a full-blown rebuilding mode. And I'm a fan of that because I fucking hate the team. But kind of a weird move to trade your best player um, if you just simply didn't want to pay him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's kind of mind-blowing in the fact that, you know, normally these uh, the Boston franchises, whether you look at the Patriots, the – you know, the Red Sox, uh, go down to the Celtics, all those organizations, they just tend to make, you know, really good decisions. So, I mean, maybe they're they're banking on the fact that he's going to, you know, plummet here in the next couple of years and they just didn't want to spend the money in, on an outfielder. Maybe they, maybe eventually they, they put the money into to pitching and things like that. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that this is a horrible move for them just because, you know, it'll play out and only time will tell. Uh, it definitely shocked me, though. I mean, he, he's an absolute stud, uh, and, you know, one of those guys where it just seems like the Red Sox always seem to find one of these guys where out of nowhere and they just, you know, they're one of the best players in the game. And you just go back year after year after year, there's always these these guys that get brought up through the Red Sox or, or the Red Sox acquire and, and they, you know, just somehow find a way in Boston and, and find a way to great success. So, um, you know, if I was a Red Sox fan, I'd be a little bit upset, obviously. Um, but you know, maybe this is all part of a bigger plan and, and these, these outfielders are bringing tremendous value. So, 
you know, if I was running a team, maybe I would, uh, you know, off one of these players and, and just bolster the, the entire pitching staff with the same amount of money that you would have paid one player. So who knows? Who knows how it'll play out? I think uh, I think the Dodgers might always be that team that, that never gets over the hump. You know, unfortunately, I it just that's what my heart tells me. That's what my the eye test tells me. They they always find a way to, to lose and and not not come up with the uh, the trophy at the end of the year. Um, hopefully for for their sake that doesn't continue. But it, it's almost like they're the Bills of the '90s where they they get so damn close but never get over the hump. Ricochet shot at Bills Mafia. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dodgers Yankees World Series. You can you can etch that and stone place your bets, uh, and the Yankees will probably win. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's been kind of funny. They've been floating around the idea of him playing 60 games for the Dodgers and then immediately signing again with the Red Sox, and uh, which would be kind of fucking funny. Uh, not for the Dodgers, not for me. <laughs> he'd go back to Boston, but uh, just the fact that he'd play only 60 games for a team that um, traded a decent amount for him would be kind of hilarious. But uh, speaking of uh, along the lines of, of getting paid, uh, we're players podcast. I think we've, we've – pretty much been anti-owner since the beginning of this pod, you know, three, four months ago. And three players uh, rang the bell for a combined $814 million early in December in terms of contract money signed. Uh, Steven Strasburg, World Series MVP, uh, signed for $245 million bucks over seven years to stay in D.C. Uh, his teammate, Anthony Rendon, uh, signed an identical contract with the Angels to join Mike Trout and uh, those fellows over there. And then the Yankees, uh, we finally got our ace, our number one pitcher, by shelling out a record-setting $324 million over nine years, count them nine years, to Garrett Cole, a uh, longtime Yankees fan, um, former Houston Astro. So uh, those contracts came in and the money kept flowing with some other deals like that. But um, what did you think of the free agency spending – um, from the from the off season and, and the MLB this season, Aaron. Yeah, we'll we'll hit on the uh, we'll hit on Garrett Cole first. I mean, I think obviously one of the one of the best pitchers in the in the game today. Um, it's almost funny now thinking about um, not to say the Yankees got him at a bargain, and, and obviously the the structures of contracts are different league to league uh, in relation to you know how how the NFL pays out their players and how the MLB contracts are are fully guaranteed. But it just kind of you know, it turned a light bulb in my head when, when you said those numbers once again, that, you know, the Patty Mahomes deal is so much more than, huh. than uh, e even the biggest MLB deal in history. So it, it's just mind blowing. And, and, you know, not to go off on a tangent on, you know, the NFL and things, but it just, you know, that, that idea popped in my head. I mean, I think the Yankees are, are you know, obviously they, they have the money, they're going to spend it. It's just, uh, you know, to, to bolster the, uh, the pitching staff is, is obviously something I I would pay uh, you know I pay great respect to because I think great pitching does beat great hitting and you know most of the time unless you know obviously you make a mistake or you're or you're Justin Verlander in the playoffs but um, regardless of that I think you know that they, that deal makes perfect sense for them makes perfect sense for Garrett Cole as much as I hate to see it on both accounts you know obviously that 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 made perfect sense I think the I think the Rendon deal was a little bit overblown. I think, you know, yeah, he had a great postseason, but is he, uh, you know, a life-changing player for the Angels? Probably not. I think if I were them, I would have went after uh, more pitching. You know, they, they year after year after year, they, they don't really do anything. And, you know, that hopefully they don't waste 
one of the best talents in the league, if not the best talent in, in Mike Trout. But, um, you know, without pitching, how far are you really going to get? And then the Strasburg deal, I don't, I don't know. I mean, for a few years, I think that might be beneficial to the, to the Nats. Um, you know, obviously coming off a, a storybook season, you know, I got, I got a lot of respect for, for that organization just for, for being the underdog this season and, and going the whole way, pulling it off. But, um, you know, Strasburg has had, you know, notable injuries in the past and he's missed significant time in the past. So over a long stretch of time, probably not the best deal, but, if you get him for three, four more years uh, at the level he's pitching now, then, then it's probably worth it. It's just – it's a ton of money, obviously. So, we'll see how that one plays out. Steven Strasburg, former Harrisburg senator. People forget that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you know, his contracts are in, insane, but you mentioned the, the Patrick Mahomes. Like, Garrett Cole gets $324 million over nine years, but Mahomes gets 500 over 10 years in a league that actually has a salary cap. Uh which further proves the point that the salary cap is fake if uh, you actually have a competent GM um, in, in that chair. But just some <laughs> other uh, notable moves, I guess not really notable moves, but kind of funny moves. The Braves signed Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez. So uh, they are rounding out their rotation with 2010 All-Stars. <laughs> Diamondbacks signed Madison Bumgarner to a five-year contract, which uh, I had no idea that happened. But uh, it would be quite weird to see him uh, in a non-Giants uniform. But Madison Bumgarner is actually like a crazy dude. I don't know if you, like, have heard any off-the-field stuff with him. But he, like, competes in rodeos uh, but under, like, fake names. So he'll go and do, like, bull riding and shit, but, like, under, like, under a fake name. And then eventually people started finding out that he was doing this and then he got fined by the, by the Giants, I think. But he's a crazy dude nonetheless. I was going to say, I, I doubt any team's going to be too happy about that because the, the, the risk of, of injuring yourself pretty significantly is, is definitely there. <laughs> but kudos to him. It's crazy, crazy. And then, the, obviously, the, the biggest story of all, it's, it's got to be the Astros cheating scandal. Uh, A.J. Hinch uh, of the Astros got fired. He was their manager. Alex Cora of the Boston Red Sox. He was their manager. He got fired as well. And then Carlos Beltran, who was going to be in his first year uh, as the Mets manager, got fired as well. So it's been a pretty busy offseason. We can we can talk about the Astros a, a little bit here. But um, I, I think it's, you know, th I think they got lucky with, with this whole pan pandemic. Not that they got lucky, for, you know, that the pandemic happened. But I think just the negotiations with the owners and players, the, the – entire landscape of the country and then sort of where baseball is as a whole, I think, you know, they kind of got overshadowed a little bit when they were going to be the story going into the off season. And even in spring training, in those games you saw, you know, a few of those guys get hit a little bit. I think they actually played a game today and Altuve and Bregman both got hit, but uh, I saw the video that it didn't look like it was too intentional, but uh, they got hit nonetheless. So I think, you know, they were sort of, um, you know, fortunate that the timing of all this has sort of overshadowed their scandal um, and, and their cheating stuff. So it'll be interesting to see if it comes up again. I think it probably will, you know, as soon as they start to, you know, if they got on a winning streak, people might make some jokes here and there on social media. But uh, that was obviously the, the biggest story of the offseason um, and probably the biggest story in baseball in, you know, maybe the last five to ten years. Yeah, do you think uh, – do you think the owner uh, made the right decision in, in firing, what, the GM and – and basically the manager all in one shot there. Do you think that was uh, – do you think that was appropriate or do you think that was a, an overreaction? 
uh, I, I shouldn't say fired. I, I, I want to say they only got a one-year suspension. Oh, I yeah, couldn't... okay. So, yeah, they, they gave him a one-year suspension. And I think, uh, what, the, the, the man – I forget what had happened, but it sounds like they're both not coming back. Basically. Yeah, I think – yeah, whatever the situation is there. And I think the, the punishment, you know, might have been too light. I, I think, you know, if it's not a – you know, if it is just a straight-up firing, I think that's probably warranted. Uh, you know, it comes from the top down, and even if these two, two or three guys, whatever, who got fired weren't orchestrating it, you know, the the, the business and and the, and the players and, and everything like that runs through them. So, you know, I think you know at the end of the day, if if something is going on under your nose, under your umbrella, you're gonna you're gonna probably take the fall, rightfully so. And to be honest, they probably had every opportunity to stop this before it got too bad and you know, or or got too strong along. So. I think I think it was warranted, and if they come back after 60 games and a playoff run, like good for them, shitty for everybody else, I guess. It's sort of more of a slap on the wrist than anything else. So, um, you know, if, if you're the owner, I think you know he took the step in in handing down some form of punishment. But in my opinion, I think they could, they should have gotten that that World Series taken away from them. But uh, I think that's a that's probably a different conversation. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think it, it was well warranted. Uh, as far as, um, you know, I, I just think incredibly interesting to think about what the results might have been, uh, you know, if, if they didn't cheat. You know, do the Dodgers have a World Series? Do the Yankees have a World Series? Who, You know, there, there is there's well-justified reason for, you know, either team, either one of those teams to say yes, only because uh, the, the numbers were so skewed, um, you know, whether it be, uh, the Dodgers or the uh, the Yankees performance at, in Houston. If you look at the the numbers in Houston, it was a uh, it was an abomination. I mean, it was just yeah. they were, they were hitting 400 off of both those teams basically. If you look at the numbers, so uh, yeah, so they they were just clubbing clubbing home runs off of them, and then you know I'll never forget, and we touched on this before, um, where Altuve, you know. Uh, came around third base and, and you know, just made a, a really weird gesture about not taking off his shirt, uh, yeah. you know, or don't pull up my shirt, basically. That, and that will always stick with me and that will always be, you know, I'm not going to say that will be the Astros to me because, you know, every, not every team, but I do think most of the teams cheat to a certain degree, but that was, uh, they, they couldn't have made it more obvious when, when that had happened and, and for it to be on live TV. And, and I was watching that when it happened and it just, left a bad taste in my mouth and, and it kind of tarnishes the game to a certain extent too. So they obviously had to come down with a, you know, a big punishment. I, I hope some people, you know, I hope some, some players around the league don't forget that. I'm not, I'm not saying I want guys to throw a hundred miles an hour at their head every single time they step up with a plate, but I just, I just think, you know, in terms of, of media coverage and things like that, I hope it continues to be a story because I don't think they should get off easy by, any stretch of the imagination and whoever out there, you know, is saying that it's overblown and people got to get over it. And I, I just think it's, it's kind of bullshit. And then a lot of traditionalists and, 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 you know, baseball purists per se can be pretty annoying when it comes to, you know, preserving the integrity of the game and like bat flipping and, you know, being against antics and things like that. I just think this takes it to an entirely different level. And I just hope that people keep it at the forefront of their minds going into the season and, and hopefully beyond. But, uh, that's that on the MLB. I, I, you know, I think it'll be an interesting season. It, it'll be a sprint, um, not a marathon. I think I saw a stat that 60 games every game means three times as more as if you're playing uh, 
162 game full season. So, um, you know, teams dropping a game here and there or getting swept on a road trip uh, might not bode well for their playoff chances, but uh, I, I fully expect the contenders to be there. We mentioned Yankees, Dodgers, Astros. Uh, I think all those teams are going to be in the mix. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if a team gets hot and, and sort of makes their way into, a, into the playoffs that wouldn't, you know, sort of, sort of in a normal year. But uh, we'll keep up on all the baseball talk. And uh, once we sort of get into a little bit of the beginning of the season, we can talk about some contenders and, and talk about surprises and, or, or maybe some teams that are coming out of the woodwork here. But uh, that's sort of the MLB talk for, uh, for today. One ball to the next ball. We got baseball to football here. Uh, just a quick roundup on football. I feel like uh, they haven't been really in the news too, too much. Uh, you know, and obviously when the pandemic hit, it was about a month after the Super Bowl, a month and a half after the Super Bowl, uh, give or take a few weeks there. But uh, they had the you know pleasure of having a lot of time to, to take stock of what the other leagues were doing, take stock of the pandemic, take stock of the country and how things were progressing take a step back and then basically put together a plan, piece together a, a plan that made sense for everybody. I feel like that, you know, they might've screwed the pooch a little bit in terms of the NFL. I feel like a lot of players have been voicing their concerns um, and they've just been delaying things here and there. You know, you had the whole virtual draft, which was a success free agency right at the beginning of the pandemic was much needed, needed sports break for a lot of, sports fans out there since literally nothing else was going on myself included I was definitely in depth um, on draft talk and free agency talk you know at, you know more than usual because nothing else was going on so I just think the NFL you know has some has some more things to figure out and it was just announced today um, as we're recording this that there will be no preseason games uh, this year in 2020 which is probably the right move I think you know you know, they have the, the ability to, to move some, some games back here and there, maybe not start the regular season, uh, you know, you know, maybe until late September, early October. So getting rid of those preseason games gives them a few weeks here of, you know, in terms of flexibility to hopefully play a full 16-game season. But in terms of, like, a, a plan, I really haven't seen much, you know, from, from the NFL these, these past few months. No, not, nothing definitive yet. I mean, I've, I've seen rumors of – uh, as far as you know, playing, this is just uh, you know, shot in the dark. I, I was just on a random Instagram page, but uh, they were saying how they might try and, and keep the games local as well, like like how the MLB has it structured where the AL East is playing the NL East, for example. Um, I hope that I hope the schedules don't get modified. I mean, the schedules are already set for the season. Obviously, they've they've already made an adjustment to get rid of the preseason. I hope that doesn't mean there's going to be a million injuries once the excuse me, once the uh, regular season starts, I, I imagine them doing, you know, scrimmages and things, but then at that point, why don't you play the preseason? So that'll be interesting. I just, I don't want to see a bunch of players get injured and, you know, the, the star guys not be, be out there, but um, yeah, like, like you alluded to, I haven't seen a definitive plan or, or anything set in place yet. Um, you know, we're, we are at the end of July, so uh, NFL is fastly approaching again. Just you know, without a preseason, it'll it'll be, I guess, pushed back a little bit at least initially. How many soft tissue injuries does Derek Carr have without a preseason or without much of a semblance of a training camp? I I sure hope no one uh, no one has him on his fantasy team because you know he might not make it out of week four without a catastrophic injury with no preseason. 
Bonafide scrub. Uh, speaking of fantasy, we'll, we, sh- we should actually get into some fantasy talk. Not now, but we'll do a – maybe we'll do an episode dedicated to fantasy football. We have some uh, some good stats from our research department. And uh, once we figure out – once the NFL, I should say, figures out if they're actually going to, you know, play a full 16-game slate, we'll get into some fantasy talk. And uh, needless to say, Derek Carr will not be in my top 30 uh, of, of quarterback rankings, to say the least. <laughs> Not even top thirty. Uh, yeah, probably top thirty, maybe maybe twenty eight, twenty nine. Definitely not top twenty five. I'll say that. <laughs> I put I put Alex Smith over uh, over uh, uh, wow right now. That's brutal. Yo, did, speaking of, speaking of Alex Smith, uh, did you see the whole stuff with the Redskins last week about the a lot of the employees getting accused of sexual assault? I I haven't. I'm just it's, everything's been overshadowed by the name change. But uh, you know, feel free to go into that. So uh, yeah, not to get not to get like too in depth here, but you're right. A lot of the a lot of the media coverage surrounding the Redskins has been taken over by the name change, and I guess you know it's it's big news. But there was a, a report that uh, I think it was upwards of 15, 16, 17 um, female employees, former employees came forward and said they were victims of sexual assault from high-ranking officials within the Redskins organization, which uh, just obviously is pretty shitty to hear. Um, and, and just that, that culture was an absolute disaster and has been a disaster for a number of years now. Uh, but relating this back to Alex Smith, I guess the former coach, Jay Gruden, uh, John Gruden's brother, um, he would basically throw like wild parties and then had like a I get, I guess almost like ragers, which is like crazy to think about that a, that a coach would do that. But um, I guess his side piece was, you know, getting with one of the offensive linemen on the team. Um, uh, so he subsequently benched that player. And then his replacement was the guy that, like, blew the assignment when, when Alex Smith's, like, leg got torn in half, essentially. <laughs> so, so really, from, from, from bad to worse, I mean, that's, <laughs> not, nothing, nothing good to come out of that. That's, that's awful. So basically, as a result of Jay Gruden not keeping it in his pants, he uh, indirectly got jealous, and then that was the de- the demise of Alex Smith's football career. But if I if I'm Alex Smith and I find that out, like, what is your first move? Do you immediately like drive to his house and punch him in the face? I I definitely I don't know, man. I I think maybe a few years ago my my mindset would have been different. Uh, obviously got to take that frustration out some somehow some way you know hopefully he just goes to the driving range and, and pretends each individual ball is Jay Gruden's face bro uh, he, almost, he almost died I know I, I yeah you know I can't this man almost died and lost his leg it, it, yeah in fairness I guess I can't really even understand the frustration I I've been through situations where I wanted to do something you know drastic I obviously never did but um you know, not, nothing really compares in in my own life. I mean, I guess Alex Smith has the has the leg up on me. No, no pun intended at all. Actually, hey, but, no. <laughs> but he did. You know, he did play in the NFL for for a while. So I mean, his whole life hasn't been horrible. But you know, at the same time, I don't know how you I don't know how you swallow that pill. That that's a hard one to swallow. But from what I hear out of Alex Smith, he said he wants to come back, which I think he's absolutely insane. At some point, you just gotta evaluate, you know, what's more important, your health or your, or the ability to play the game. And and you know, obviously, I don't think he'll be as good or 
you know, he might be pretty skittish in the pocket after some something like that happens, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, for me to tell you what, you know, what to do if you're Alex Smith, I don't it, – it's hard. It's hard to tell him, you know, that that's, that's a horrible thing to happen and it could have been avoided, so. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think he can be any worse than Dwayne Haskins. I, I, would, I would take Alex Smith at, like, 50% over Dwayne Haskins at 150%. Dang, that's that's pretty. I I can't stand Dwayne Haskins as a person, but um, you know, he only played one year. I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him one more shot, uh, one more year, see what he's got. But I feel like you know, I'm so harsh against like every young quarterback except for Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think you you gotta have more love for my boy Kyler Murray, dude. Just no, I, no, I like I like Kyler Murray. Yeah, I know. I think. Uh, there you go. All right, that's fair. That's I fair. think if you put like if you like if you give like I think Kingsbury like as much shit as he gets, I think he's a good coach or, or like at least coach decent offensively. Like I think he like if you look at Adam Gase's play calling versus like Cliff Kingsbury, it's night and day, and it's not. This isn't like me making a case for Darnold over over Murray. I just think Murray's in a better situation. I'll say that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I I haven't watched like Adam, like Adam Gase will run the ball on like fucking like like second and nine and like they'll lose two yards and give Sam Darnold like three third and elevens in a row. So what is what is he supposed to do with that? Yeah, you can't you can't win that way, especially what their offensive line isn't exactly a powerhouse either. So horrible. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's no Murray's Murray's good. I you know I think you know if if we're talking about like rookies from last year who could potentially, you know, jump into the upper echelon of quarterbacks similar to what Mahomes did, you know, in his second year or, you know, what uh, what Lamar Jackson did in his second year, I would say probably Kyler Murray is the best chance, and that's not really going out on a limb since he did, A, have the best season, and B, was the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think Kyler shocked me personally. I didn't think – I thought he'd be decent, but I didn't think he'd be – you know, as good as he was, and especially the the size that he's playing at, he's a, he's a pretty short guy, and you know, not exactly stocky. So I, I'm just kind of rooting for him in the fact that you know he had, he wasn't handed all the the tools. He's not six five, you know, one you know two hundred pounds, and and has a, a rocket arm. I mean, he he's got a hell of an arm. He's just I I'm rooting for him just because you know I personally like his game and and hope to see him do well. You know, I could care less about the the Cardinals and whatever, but uh, he's one of those guys along with, uh, you know, I, I do like uh, the Houston Texans uh, fr- from the perspective of just I'm rooting for, for their quarterback for for a lot of reasons as well, so. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, I think, you know, he uh, he probably is watching that Patrick Mahomes deal a little bit close and, and you know, maybe – yeah, I, I don't. I personally don't see him signing a ten-year deal with the fucking Houston Texans, especially if Bill O'Brien's still there. But uh, you know, I could see him getting paid probably upwards of forty, forty-five million a year, and I think he deserves it. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think the Chiefs, uh, as soon as Patrick Mahomes got in the building, they've pretty much been devoted to to his success and his well-being, um, and obviously that was echoed with the. Uh, Five hundred million dollar contract, but I think if I think I would probably place Watson in a similar in a similar place as Dak, where you're not looking for, you know, maybe the term, but you're definitely looking to be paid as a top flight quarterback. And you know, if I'm looking to pay Watson over Dak, I'm going to do that ten times out of ten times every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So, 
uh, you know, he'll probably be decent again this year. You know, he's, he's dealt with some injuries, obviously had that ACL tear in his rookie year, but he, he's a guy that's like pretty exciting to watch. And, and, you know, ultimately, you know, as soon as he got in the league, I think he got pretty, I think he got picked maybe 10 to 12 range in, in the draft and it, you know, immediately made those, you know, 10 teams, you know, similar to Mahomes ahead of, ahead of him who selected just jealous and, and probably wishing they'd, they'd picked him over, uh, over the guy they did select. Yeah, I, I totally drew a blank in, in uh, his name, which makes absolutely no sense. But I uh, appreciate you backing me up there. Um, he, so I'm here I just, yeah, <laughs> I was playing, uh, just a, a side note real quick. I was playing a good bit of Madden with a, a close friend of mine and trying to trying to defend the Sean Watson is actually harder in that game, in my personal opinion, than trying to disho- to trying to defend uh, Lamar Jackson only because I can, wow. if I lay Lamar Jackson out, he's fumbling that ball, you know, at least once <laughs> or twice a game where Deshaun Watson, like, you know, he might fumble once a game maybe, but I can, I can lay uh, Lamar Jackson out, at least get two fumbles out of him and, and you can contain him from a, from a passing perspective, at least in the game. So just, just a side note, but no, I've been a, I've been a fan of Deshaun Watson, even when he was at Clemson, I, I always rooted for him against Alabama because I just I'm not an Alabama guy, but um, yeah I think uh, I think he'll come into his own. I think if I was Jerry Jones, I think I'd try everything in my power to try and get him onto the Cowboys. Not that you know I'd want to see that happen, but I think he's you know head and shoulders above uh, Dak Prescott, and and I think uh, that would be a scary combination if you put him with all the weapons in Dallas and. And that offensive line that's still pretty solid. So, um, you know, just a just an idea, but I obviously don't want to see that happen. Yeah, hey, I think I think the Cowboys and, and Texans. I think I guess I should say I think the Texans do a uh, Dak for Watson straight up. I don't see why you wouldn't if you're you're Dallas on that on that one. I think Deshaun Watson's ceiling is a lot higher, and I think you've kind of seen what what Dak can do at this point in his career, and you know, unless something would change in the next coming seasons, but. Um, not to say Dak's garbage, but he's not, he's not a superstar. I think Deshaun Watson has proven that he's in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. Yeah. I think the Texans would do that strictly because Bill O'Brien's a dumbass, but, uh, that'd be <laughs> kind of funny to see him in the, on the Cowboys. Agreed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I think that wraps up, uh, tonight's show. Thanks. Thanks again, folks for tuning in and, uh, Apologies again that we couldn't get to you last week. Just uh, some stuff going on uh, out of our control, but uh, I think you know probably probably not worthwhile since uh, you know like we said before there there wasn't much going on. But it is it is sports week uh, and baseball is coming back and the NBA and NHL aren't too far behind. So um, we'll get into some more baseball stuff on you know record Thursday, drop Friday, so we can talk more about opening day and and uh, how that sort of you know. takes off and uh get more into that stuff but uh aaron why don't you take us home yeah thanks thanks everybody for uh for tuning in once again uh we'll we'll be coming at you later this week with some some live sports results and and even though uh the leagues aren't as exciting with with no fans we're we're gonna make the best of it and and we'll try and do some different segments and, and things like that coming up as we progress here thanks home